What's the one thing that is likely holding you back and you might not have any idea about it? It could be your mindset. Now, as a studio owner, you're wearing many hats and it's easy to blame a lack of clients or revenue or good teachers on external and environmental reasons. But so much of our success actually lies in our beliefs and around our abilities. At a certain point, this can become a big stumbling block for all business owners, regardless of the industry that you're in. Imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, these are terms you may have heard floating around, but what do they really mean and how could they be impacting your growth? Listen in as I speak with my guest, Mindy, Mindy Hubner, a mindset mastery coach who will guide us through how to recognize those beliefs and what we can do about them. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran, and I'm so incredibly appreciative that you are here with me today and my guest, Mindy Hubner. Now, Mindy and I actually got connected through a mutual friend and fellow uh, business owner. And when we got chatting, I just knew that I had to introduce her to all of you. Now, Mindy is um, an intuitive mindset mastery coach. Now, she's going to tell us a bit more about what that means in a moment. She's also an NLP practitioner um, and a certified health, life, and success coach. And she's also a clinical hypnotherapist. Wow. Um, Now, Mindy is all about mindset and how to rewire your brain um, in a way that really helps you to sort of unlock the potential, the magic um, that you have inside of you and to create a business that is aligned with who you are. So Mindy, welcome. And thank you so much for being here and being a part of the Spring 3 in the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't wait to dive into this. When you're, I know. When, I, when you were saying like, she really, I'm obsessed with rewiring the brain, like as getting that message to as many people as possible with super actionable steps so that they could just start shifting and creating massive change. Yes. And, I, and I, I've seen firsthand, I've experienced firsthand, I should say, and I've seen how much can change when you are aware of some of these thoughts that can pop up. So before we dive into all that good stuff, can you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and who you work with and how you help them? Break it down for us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I primarily work with successful female entrepreneurs. Uh, We cannot out hustle our beliefs. And when we get to a certain spot in our business, one of two things can happen. Uh, We don't feel aligned in it because we've been following the narrative of the hustle culture and the sleep when you die and you can only do a business this way kind of a thing, which which doesn't feed our soul. And so women come to me when they're at that spot, again, successful and they're like, but I, I want my business to look like this. And the only thing stopping their business from looking like that are the beliefs that it can't look like that. And so we 
dig in, (laughs) we reveal and release those so that we can then get rid of the overwhelm and the overthinking and the cycle of self-doubt. Some self-doubt, really good. Like that gives us a little check. Like, uh, let's okay, let's think about this for a second. It's the waves of self-doubt that we then like get out of there so that they can step into the confident, wildly successful woman that they already are on the inside. Like that's the thing too. You've got it all inside you. You are the magic. We just get to unlock it and rewire your brain. And then you show up exactly as who you were made to be. So that's really like, that's, that's one. The other portion um, are women who want to go to the next level in their business. They're, again, the belief that this is only as far as I can get. And so then we get in there and, and uproot those limiting beliefs, those disempowering thoughts, which I know we'll go more into. Uh, those thoughts create habits. They create ways of being and showing up. And so really, again, uprooting those and then implanting the true, the fact of who you are and how you get to show up. Right. And these thoughts, they kind of, often they come from deep, deep, deep inside. And we, I think more often than not, we're not even, they're not conscious necessarily, right? They come, they're from, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of hanging out inside our heads that we don't, we don't even know that they're there in a way, but they're impacting the, what the decisions you're making, they're impacting the choices that you make and they're impacting therefore then the actions that you take um, and potentially holding you back. Right. Absolutely. Again, we cannot out hustle our beliefs. And so we think a thought habitually over and over again, it came in at some point. So we think this thought, then it becomes a belief. It becomes an I am. And the words we say after I am, some of the most powerful words in the universe, they are self-fulfilling prophecies. Whether the I am is an empowering statement or a disempowering statement. The one I see the most in everyone, uh, not I, I am overwhelmed. And we say this and say this and say this. It becomes an I am, almost a badge. It's definitely a a cloak that goes on us and permeates us. This is how powerful we are. We then create habits to prove that we are what we say we are. So you will create habits to prove that you're overwhelmed. You can also create habits to prove that you're a boss at time management, right? Like, however, you, you get to decide. This is, you literally have all the power. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> like, I'm like, really? Yeah, yes. what am I saying? Really? You're right. You're absolutely there? right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Let me take a minute to that one, that, that one sit. Very, very true. <laughs> also, everyone listening, this is about getting curious. There is zero room here for shame or guilt. Any of that garbage, shoulda, woulda, coulda, why didn't I? We don't care. Like, like you, you get to just bless and release and now show up and say, I'm going to get curious about this. I'm going to understand what made me say that in the past and how I can do it differently now. Like we, we get to just bless and release it. We don't have to sit in any sort of, again, like shame or guilt about it. Cause that doesn't serve us either. Right. Yes. Bless and release. I like that. I like that. So one of the, when it comes to thinking about and talking about mindset, one of those kind of, um, I don't know if you'd call it a label or a phrase or 
what do you call it? But the the what we see the something we get th- that gets thrown around quite a bit is um, this idea of imposter syndrome, and it was it was kind of like a buzz word. I feel like for a while, and I think it still kind of is in some circles. Um, and it's something that I think people and studio owners and business owners of all levels, um, you know, experience perhaps or lean on perhaps or use perhaps as a crutch or whatever that looks like. For, but this is something that comes up a, a lot. Um, and, and people will, will some, some studio owners will call me and say, I, I feel like I have imposter syndrome or I feel like I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this or whatever that looks like for them. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, what, what, what that really is? How would you describe imposter syndrome and, and, and how it kind of shows up and, and sort of manifests itself for, for small business owners? So I, I feel like there's a twofold piece on this. And uh, one is a widely held imposter. Also scientifically, imposter syndrome actually affects high achievers more than anyone else, which is so interesting, isn't it? That uh, the high achievers who are achievers, right. <laughs> like say, I feel like an imposter. I had an amazing conversation with a colleague, client, another podcast uh, host about I'm, she said, I'm afraid people are going to find out, like, find out what, you know, we tell ourselves these stories that, um, we shouldn't be in this room, right? Like, am I in the right room? You know, those, those types of things. And I've asked myself that question before imposter syndrome tends to come when we're comparing ourselves to other people, which is, while it is human, it's also fruitless. So unless we're walking the exact same path with the exact same tools, with the exact same circumstances, it's really pointless to, to compare ourselves. And so we get to like, just take a step back and say to ourselves, okay, my comparison, this thought that I'm thinking that I need to compare myself, I don't have to keep thinking this. It's really not serving me. It's a disempowering thought. I can be inspired. I can even say, oh, I really like the way they did this and they got there. I want to see if I can create a pattern of success in that for myself. You get to decide. You get to ask yourself, when did I decide that I don't belong in this room? When did I decide that I'm an imposter? Like, what is making me think this? Because for a lot of people, it's going to be a different, it, it's going to start differently for them. And then this word's going around and we can just attach to it. Like, oh, I feel this way. So it means this. We decide meaning on things so quickly. A guy cuts you off in traffic. Whenever I say this example, I always say a guy, a woman, <laughs> a human cuts you off in traffic. And immediately we go, oh, what a jerk. We just decide, boom, what well, we don't even give it a second thought. This is how your brain works. If we just took a beat, well, I know I've cut someone off on accident before, and I know I'm not a jerk. So that decision, that split decision, not fact, like that meaning that I gave it, right? So that's what we do as well. We give meaning to something that isn't necessarily fact. And this becomes a limiting belief, like I have imposter syndrome. I have, I am an imposter, right? 
So this is this is one side of imposter syndrome when people, you know, feel like they shouldn't be in this room. They they uh, aren't they're going to get found out like, you know, here's what I think um, that I've experienced even more because I do work with humans who want a soul aligned business. Imposter syndrome can also show up when we are out of alignment. And when we check in, we get to ask ourselves, okay, is this out of alignment because I'm pushing my comfort zone and this is growth? Like we get that resistance. It's like, I'm, this feels like, this feels yucky. This is scary. I shouldn't be here. Is this really a protection, a belief that protects us? We'll go deeper into that because that's what limiting beliefs like masquerade as protections. Or is this that I am trying to put a square peg in a round hole? I am trying to be someone else. I'm trying to run my business like someone else. And it doesn't feel good because it's not me. So imposter syndrome can also show up when we are literally not being ourselves and not being true to ourselves, not having integrity, not running our business the way we get to run it. Right. So is that how do you how do you know whether it's about pushing through your comfort zone or listening how do you know whether to stop doing what it is you're doing or trying to make work what's the what's the kind of check what's the check in that you should do for me it's first we we need to know what we want and i mean no like the depths of your soul, you're diving into a swimming pool. I want a studio that makes X number of revenue. Okay. Know what I like. Clearly I see myself with this revenue. I hear it like, no, like nobody's business. Know what you want. This is vital to like manifesting, to succeeding to everything. Right. So we know what we want and then we take the action and then we check the data. So if this is what I want, I want X revenue for my business. I reverse engineer what all the action gets to be mental, physical, spiritual, emotional action, not just like physical action, all the action. I'm showing up in the action. I check the data. Is it getting me what I want? Who am I being? How am I showing up? Then I get to ask myself, am I willing to change if the data isn't like showing here? So, so right here is where we get to ask ourselves. Am I willing to change this? Am I, am I willing to push through the discomfort because I can see so clearly what I want Right. or am I not? Right. You just get to start doing that self-check to say, okay, this imposter syndrome is a protection. This limiting belief is a protection keeping me from failure, which it doesn't right? Like (laughs) saying I'm not supposed to be here or I don't feel like I know enough or all those things. That's just a protection for us to not show up, for us to never push through. That's the first bump. And when you're really bumping up against your comfort zone, it's not that immediate. I mean, that whole protection thing is immediately like you're hitting it right away. When it's, oh, what's my, you know, is this the edge of my comfort zone? We we get there, right? Like it takes a little bit more to get there because we're, we know what we want. We're taking the action. We're checking the data. Then we're bumping up against that. Does that 
That yeah, it? that helps a lot. <laughs> so I see this sort of showing up when people or when studio owners or when teachers are <clears throat> trying to implement perhaps a new project in their business. Like perhaps they're trying to implement a new type of revenue stream, like a, a new program or a new class type or um, something like that, which is new to them. And they're not, um, they, 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 there's a lot of thinking about it <laughs> that happens. And I think often there's a lot that we feel we need to know before we proceed to take sort of the first step. And I think that along there, there is a discomfort element um, that, that comes up and there's a lot of unknowns. And so those, that sort of uncertainty or unknown, does that feed into this sort of, you know, limiting belief, imposter syndrome? Like I don't have it all figured out, but I'm, everybody else does. And that's why, you know, I'm, that's why I'm not going to be any good at this. Is that, is that all linked into all of that? And how much are we supposed to know before we? Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And right. Those are the, the limiting beliefs. Again, always pop up masquerading as a protection, protecting me from failure, protecting me from embarrassment. Like failure is a great example, just because you can sort of blanket that. And truly there's no failure. Like it's fuel for the future. If we try something on like a new class and, and we know what we want and we take the action and we check the data, like we get to go, okay, I know what I wanted. I took action more than once, right? Like this isn't, this isn't a one and done kind of a thing. I checked the data. People wanted this or they didn't want that. This is, we get to like show up like that, right? We get to, we, we get to really, really know what we want in order to then say, okay, what do I know now? What do you need to know? You need to know this much more than the person that you're teaching. (laughs) You need to know this much more Then it's two steps ahead. That's, that's where you get to be because you're going to grow and learn every step that you take. And, and then they're going to come along with you. Right. Right. Exactly. Knowing what we want, truly knowing, I think so many of us, this is, this is really the crux. We, we maybe know what we don't want, And yet we don't articulate what we actually do want so that we can fully embody the identity of that teacher who, that studio owner who. We we don't just want to read one book. We want to be a reader. And in order to do that, we take on the identity of I am. And so the teacher who's innovative, who tries those new things, right, she is she embodies the innovation. She embodies the teacher who implements new things all the time to then grow, to uh, appeal to new people, whatever the the reason is. We don't just want to do it once. We We don't just want a habit that we have to struggle through. We want to do it. We want to create a process. The secret sauce is being the woman or the teacher or the studio owner who who am I being? This is the question that you get to ask yourself all the time. Who am I being right now? Am I being a person who's believing in imposter syndrome? Okay. Do I want to stay here? Just get curious. Mm, Yeah. It's feeling pretty comfy to stay here right now. Okay. What's, what's going to not be available to me if I stay here in this belief that I don't belong in the room, that I don't know enough. You just get to start asking questions. 
you mentioned something that I, I think is so true. We're very good at knowing what we don't want, right? I, I, I think a lot of us are really, really good at that. Like, I don't want to do that. That's what they did. I don't want to do that. That, that wasn't, I did that before and I didn't like it. But it's really hard to get, kind of commit to what we do want. Why is that so much harder? Is What's it, the commitment? Because it, it's the commitment, said. right? Is that what it is? When we create a clear vision for ourselves, then there's no excuse about not showing up in it, right. right? Like we know exactly what we want. When we know exactly what we want, well, okay, now it's our job. It's our joy. We get to reverse engineer and figure out how to get there in whatever it is. So before, but so is there an element? So it's, cause there's an, I think there's like maybe a, like a, some belief that it might be hold. A lot of folks I speak to have a hard time really articulating what they want from their, their businesses, truly what they really want in terms of not just the revenue numbers, but in terms of the, the structure of their business and how involved they are and what they're going to be doing in their business. And and, you know, it's, it's, it's something where, you know, I encourage people to, to sort of think about their life and their lifestyle alongside the revenue that they want to make. Cause I, I do think they're kind of very much, it's very important for me as a coach, for my studio owners and, and teachers that they feel fulfilled by the entirety of what they're doing. Right. So you have an, you have a, a business and a career that is fulfilling both financially, but also incredibly rewarding. And unless you are focused on kind of that balance, you're going to, you're not going to be able to find that. Right. But when I sort of encourage my studio owners and teachers to think about, okay, well, what do you want from your business or what, what is your role? What do you look for? You know, in two years, what, how do you want to show up in your business? What do you want it to look like? It's very, very rare that I have someone who says, I want this and I want it to look like this with that, not that like this and more of this, you know, and I, and and I, to be honest, you know, I'm not that different. Like, I'm kind of like, hmm, I think I can look like three months ahead. I kind of, I do my annual goal planning and I'm like, okay, I, I think I've got like my 12 month plan, but I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, this is going to be a lot of flexibility and we'll see what happens. And I think, you know, we talk ourselves kind of out of it almost uh, out of that commitment. And is that because of that fear of failure? Is that because of that limiting belief that we might not get there? Is there what is, is that all wrapped up in all of that? It, uh, yes. And right. Cause for some people, <laughs> for some people it's, it's not going to be that it's going to be something else. It's going it, to, it's not necessarily going to be a failure that they don't want to do that. Some people are stuck in the limiting belief that they're not planners. It has to be spontaneous. <clears throat> I can't plan that far ahead in advance. Like I can't have that much structure. They've, they've chosen this to protect them from creating a structure that lets them get to where they want to get to. <clears throat> and it's just, we just get to get curious about it. It when, when you've had, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of limiting beliefs as well, they come from a lived experience. It's not, I mean, some are just made up. Like we just make them up. You know, we just go, oh, that looks good. I think I'll start believing that. Like we don't even realize that we're doing it. Others come from a lived experience. I was recently speaking to a client who said, delegating is hard. Like every time I delegate something important, it never turns out. And that, and this is what I say to clients, pause. <laughs> like, let's, let's talk about this. This is so interesting. When did you decide this? And then they tell me when they decided this. So this is her experience. 
she did delegate a couple really important things that went sideways. They turned out terrible. The brain is like Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positivity. So I then asked her, okay, can you think of any time ever that you delegated something? It doesn't have to be in your business that it turned out really great. So we start finding the proof that this limiting belief is limited because it happens in a couple circumstances, not all the circumstances. We start showing that the meaning that we've given to it is just a meaning. It's not the meaning. It's not a a fact. It's not a whole truth kind of a thing. And so this is what we get to do when we're like, oh, I can't plan or I'm not good at numbers. Exactly. Exactly. I I don't. Yeah. I don't want to hire because I don't want to manage people. It never exactly the same thing. You just said it never works out. It's so hard to find good people to work. Yeah. And those all become self-fulfilling prophecies. Again, when we think a thought over and over again and we believe it, we literally create the container and her, she was creating the container for delegation being hard because she decided beforehand that when she delegated something, it was going to be terrible. So even if it was just mediocre, it was terrible because she was so hyper-focused and this is how our brain works. Like, it's amazing, isn't it? We get yes. to, the, <laughs> these are, this is a gift. Like I'm celebrating the fact that she said that on a coaching call. So we could dig in there and like show it to the light and really like slap that up against, okay, let's really, let's talk about how this is serving you. This is a disempowering thought, keeping you from staying in your zone of genius in your business because now you're micromanaging. Yes. So the other one that comes up a lot, limiting beliefs is, um, I don't have any, I don't, I, I don't get many new clients because what I do is too expensive for people or it's prices why people don't come. And it's, that's a really interesting one for me to work through with my studio owners and my teachers, because there is the, the focus is in the wrong place often. And instead of what's possible, it's almost, it's like, you know, that's holding you back from what is possible. You're focused on what's not, what, what is, is hard or what is, you know, and the reality is, is that if you're in business, you've had hundreds of clients walk through the door who have paid you for your services, right? Um, but we're not focused on those. We're focused on the one person last week that didn't come back. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a moment where when we rewire our brain, there's a couple things going on here. Number one, uh, like I said, the brain really, it will go right to negativity you get to start to take your thoughts captive. You get to start to go, I am the thinker of my thoughts and I can think a greater thought than this. Let's find the proof that this is not a fact. Let's find the proof that this is not a universal truth that no one wants to pay for my classes, right? So we we get to then find the proof. And this is something that you get to become practiced at. This is then where your brain will reframe. It will flip the script. I reframe so quickly now in my mind. I don't even know I'm doing it anymore. And it's, it's wild because of the rewiring that I've done. So even if a thought comes in like, 
I'm raising, I, you know, I raise my prices. Like I do all those things too. And I'm a human. So I have the, like, mm-hmm, are people going to pay this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that momentary. And then boom, it's immediately flipped for me to you, the value that you're providing is 10 times what you're charging. You know that you've gotten your, your clients get amazing transformations. The right people are, are going to come and they are going to be more than happy to pay this. As a matter of fact, they're going to say to you, you don't charge enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you just need to start showing yourself the proof of that. Yeah. And we look in that, that negativity, like you said, is the one that comes up more often. It's you, you end up looking for confirmation of failure versus confirmation of, of success. Um, if there's any question in your mind, it's sort of like, oh, let's like, oh no, it's, we can't do that again because one person like didn't show up. One person didn't complain. One person unfollowed me. One person unsubscribed from my email list when I send that email. Right. And it's, and it's, and it's really interesting how it's sort of, it's not about the other, you know, 2000 people who are on your email list. It's, it's that one person that unsubscribed and it's like, I can't, I shouldn't do any more email marketing because one person it's like, you know, and it's, it's, it's so funny how we, it is, you look, that is exactly what we do. And so in that moment, when you're kind of having that, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to change this. or I want to stop doing that. Or I shouldn't do that again. You want to look for, okay, well now I still have 1,999 people on my email list who really liked what I just sent them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you get, And you get to ask yourself too, what I love about what you said about the email list, again, something I had to, you know, as a business owner, I had to work through myself. The, those, those first unsubscribes, right? You're like, Ugh. and then I was able to go, those aren't my people. I don't want to talk in a room of that are of people that don't want to hear what I have to say, because we're just not aligned, right? It doesn't mean, here's what happens. We make it mean something about us when it actually only means something about the person who unsubscribed. It means they're getting way too many emails in general, and they're just taking a break. It means, it means a million things. The one thing it, it doesn't mean is that you shouldn't send email marketing anymore. You, right. We want to make it this deep, dark, like huge thing when it's just, I, I, I love to flip the script on ourselves. Have I unsubscribed from something? Heck yeah, I have. It's just not relevant to me right now. I don't need it right now. There's too many uh, just in my inbox in general, right? We always get to like flip that around and ask, our, ask ourselves, is the meaning that I'm giving this even accurate? Because I've done this same action and it doesn't mean that I hate this person and right, never want right. to hear from them again. No, it doesn't. In fact, what I've seen is that actually they've people are subscribed twice to my email list with different email email addresses. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there could be any number of <laughs> of reasons that we have no business knowing, right? And so you can kind of decide where that, you know, where that where that where you sit with that. And that's I think kind of the key takeaway is we can we get to decide, right? We get to decide what we want to believe, especially when it comes to situations where we're making decisions for our business and what, which impacts potentially, you know, the outcomes that we really want. And, um, and it's, and that awareness is kind of important, I think, to, to highlight, you know, it takes practice. 
And this is the beauty. So right now you're, you're practiced maybe at finding the negative, at letting an unsubscribe mean, you know, you're not worthy, like whatever, whatever those things are, right? You're practiced at it. Again, the gift is realizing you can practice a more empowering thought to think, to believe, and then to create action around. And so you, you just get to decide, start asking yourself like that. Who am I being right now? When we cast a vision of what we want for our business, for our email marketing, for all of those things, right? We cast this vision. Then we get to cast a vote for showing up as that entrepreneur. And so if I want to use email marketing because it's smart, because my list is mine, and this is a really good way to nurture and create clients, right? I mean, like hands down, um, who do I get to be in order to do that? What thoughts do I get to think? How do I get to show up? What books am I reading? What podcasts am I listening to? To keep casting the vote for being the entrepreneur who knows that email marketing is a really good strategy and I get to do it in a way that feels good to me. Right. Right. Love all of this. I could talk for hours with you, Mindy. (laughs) It's, and it's so, and it's, and it's, and it's a, and this kind of, um, this work is so incredibly important. You know, we can be, we could be doing all the planning. We could be looking at all the numbers. We could be doing all the marketing. We could be doing all of the different, have a new website, new brand, a new logo and new classes and new teachers and all the things that we could be doing as action in our business. But if we're not also just taking care of our thoughts and beliefs, um, that will be a stumbling blocks. It's so it's absolutely, absolutely so so incredibly important. And at, at some point, if you haven't ever bumped into that <laughs> stumbling block yet, just perhaps be thoughtful and aware of it. Um, and 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 like you know, and and be aware of the how the way that you think about things and your thoughts around things um, are impacting you know what decisions you might be making in your business. Get curious. That that's I. I there's no, you, there's no space for shame or, no. or guilt. Just get curious about it. Cause then you get to go, huh, well, that's interesting. Why am I thinking this? What makes me feel this way? What was happening right before this that I'm now, I'm now sitting in this limiting belief. Like we get to be detectives in our own lives and in our thoughts. And every time we pause and take a thought captive. Every time we pause and take it out and look at it, I like to like visually like take it out and look at it, you know, maybe write it down. Uh, We are rewiring our brain. We are showing ourselves the proof that we can move from one place to another. We can find a new meaning. We can show up differently when we know what we want. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mindy, for joining us here on the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm so, so grateful. Um, I don't think this will be the last time. Yay! <laughs> I love coming back as a guest. I love coming yes. back as a repeat guest. Thank you. Um, so before we hop off, though, can you just let everyone know where they can find you online um, if they're interested to learn more about your work? Yes. Uh, I am brand new on TikTok. Please come follow Woo. me on TikTok. <laughs> Awesome. And, and you can follow me anywhere at Mindy Hebner. Like I, I'm everywhere, just my name, uh, which I know will be in the show notes, will be somewhere. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all those fun places. But I'm really, I would love to see you on TikTok. 
Okay. I'm doing TikTok my thing it is. <laughs> we'll link to it all in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mindy. I hope this was helpful to all of you listening as you continue to build and grow your boutique fitness business. And if you are loving what you're hearing, I'd be so incredibly appreciative if you could take a quick minute and go to wherever you're listening to this and rate and review this podcast. It will mean a ton to me. Um, and will also help to get the podcast out into our community so that more teachers and more business owners just like you can feel encouraged and supported on their journey in our industry. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm -hmm.